Hi everybody and welcome to episode 5 of Light Space Podcast, Men and Mental Health Part 2. Before we begin, I just want to say a really big thank you to everybody that has been tuning in and listening and supporting. I really appreciate it. So like I said, this is the Old Generation Men and Mental Health Part 2. I asked exactly the same questions as I did in the first episode. So if you haven't listened to Men and Mental Health Part 1, um, I suggest you do so, just so you kind of understand the questions I'm asking. The old generation talk a lot about their mental health, how mental health has changed from back in the day. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to my two guests. So, Good, af- good afternoon. Um, my name is Patrick. Um, I'm joining today's session as I felt it was also quite important to get from an elder person's perspective as to how mental health can and does affect us through the generations. Okay, my name is Mark. Um, I'm 49 years old. And basically, yes, I want to contribute to this podcast, firstly, because I think it's very helpful and very, very, very unique at the moment. And it's something that needs to be said and talked about. And I think the more of us that realise there's no stigma, you know, there's no shame, then we can speak about it openly and freely and it will help people. Perfect. Well, thank you. So I'm just going to go into my first question. And it is, how do you feel as men trying to meet the peer and society expectations as a black man? And how does that affect your mental health? Wow. (laughs) Brother P, I think that's you first, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, You know what? It's I know it's a generational thing, but it really starts from we are youths, really, from we're children. And um, that in itself is where things really start from, from the point of when we're children and how we develop, how we grow, our life experiences, and more importantly, also the people who are around you. Um, as you know, we don't just, we don't just barn big. We, we were children ourselves and it's, it's that journey. It's also just understanding yourself. One of the key things in this life journey, and I, I'm currently 54, and it's, it's, it's about knowing yourself. It's understanding aspects about yourself, but also taking note about what's happening around you. And as, as men, there's an old stigma of us never talking, never sharing things, and being a macho. But that starts from from when we're kids, from the toys um, you play with, from the friends you have around you, from the places you go and the things you do. But it it's still a lot to, to carry as men. But as we get older, we do become wiser. Um, you form friendships yeah. where you start to divulge and share things about yourself, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's about that trust. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%, Pete. I mean, if I could give you my perspective, Ren, I, the, this thing about the peer pressure to, you know, reaching aspirations. And as a young man, I felt it really strongly. You know, I needed to have this certain car or I needed to have you know, this certain make of things or, and as you, you know, as a young man, that there is that 
it's kind of invisible pressure. Nobody said it, but you feel it because you want to be on a par with your peers. And what P said is exactly right. As you grow, the people you have around you who also have the wisdom and the maturity, because the older we got, or for me, I was lucky. I had a really good group of people around me who were level-headed, who didn't buy into all of the, the hype then. And that rubbed off on me. It's, you know, and I think, to be honest, it's still an ongoing process. So now I won't be, you know, you, you, you won't be so inclined to, oh, I've got to have this, got to do that, got to, to, to fit in with your peers. Now, as a grown person, to tell the truth, Rihanna, we, we understand, for the lack of a better word, how much rubbish it actually is and what it what it means. Yeah. And the most important thing, because you can people will put a lot of pressure on themselves and put themselves in bad positions. Yeah. To have to have this thing that really they they re, especially material things that they can't manage, they can't really afford, but yeah, I, I need to because other people have it. And this is the yeah. pressure. But the, the good thing about getting old is mm. that you can you get a little bit of wisdom and, and you don't really care too much about other people in that sense. Yeah. Do you know what's so funny is that as to the generation thing, do you know the younger generation said basically exactly the same thing as you guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, literally exactly the same thing about the pressure, financial pressure as well as being a man, having, having the materialistic things. Mm. Exactly the same thing. So it just goes to show it, go, it actually travels through generations. Yeah. But I, I think when you get older, you as the older you get, it's like anything, and you get that little bit more wisdom, and and you learn to manage things, and 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 P agree or disagree with me, but you mm. learn to understand what is just noise and what's mm. important, and those things are just noise, right? The important things are not those things, and that takes time to to yeah. understand and learn. And and do you think? Being a black man makes it a lot more um, harder, I would say, to like meet those expectations. You, you know, in, in that question, the first thing um, I, I look at, you know, and as, as we said earlier, it does stem from your childhood, your identity, knowing yourself, wanting to know yourself as well. Because um, as you know, as a black man and initially as a young black man, it's about finding yourself. It's about just mm. just digging deep because a lot of things about our history have always been closed off. It's always been limited. So yeah. you do select the people who's around you. You, you sometimes do personal soul searching. Sometimes you do research. But you, you can have six friends around you, but after six, you can really pick out the three who are actually making sense in life we've got some sense of direction and if you're smart enough sometimes it doesn't work out but sometimes you're smart enough you'll speak to one of one of the three or you speak to all three and you realize sometimes you're all on a very similar wavelength but it, it is pressure instantly in um just being open in actually sharing because a lot of times we um the, the old terminology us elders use is we don't want to seem to be dunce or lack of understanding. Mm. So mm. We, we sometimes try to disguise it. We cover it up. We clown it out. You know, we want to be the joker of, of the group. And it, it's about that confidence. And from time you've got a bit of confidence and 
I like to use the old terminology of single-mindedness, where you can actually think for yourself and you sometimes, you have to sometimes, not say chat to yourself, but you have to question yourself as to, is that for me? Yeah. Is that not for me? Is that what I want? You know? Yeah. But it's so yeah. important to have the right people around you. And as as a black man, you never lose sight of that because you're first, you're a black child, you're a black boy, and you're going to you're going to a man. But the, the first thing anybody see is your complexion. That's the first thing everybody else will see. You just see yourself as a man, you know? And yeah. when the issue of your colour is brought up, you um you can be not I wouldn't say defensive, it's about defending or arguing a point, you know. So yeah. it's not about being defensive about being a black man, it's about arguing and validating who you are. Mm, I agree. Mm. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> Hmm? No, no, I agree with what Patrick said. It's very difficult. You know, we get probably because first thing, and Patrick touched on it, when it comes to speaking to someone, you know, like I said, I was very lucky to have a group of people around me growing up who were slightly older, but I could speak to them. And there was, and with our group of friends, rightly or wrongly, now as grown men, and Patrick is part of that circle, there's no egos. There's no, um, you know, the, the big I am. There's none of this. Mm -hmm. There is just, this is real life. And we talk to each other and we can speak to each other because two things, trust, like Patrick's touched on, we ha you have to be able to trust the person that you're speaking to. And if you feel fragile today, I can say to Patrick, you know what, bro, I feel fragile today. Or be it physically, be it mentally, whatever the case, because the trust is there. But that's mm. built over time. These people have been my friends for 30-odd years, yeah. if not longer. So that, that's where we have that. Uh, I think probably as an older generation we kind of have that support network of each other. Whereas I'm not sure the younger guys will have that yet. Hopefully it will come for them, but I'm not sure they will have it now. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Perfect. Thank you. So my next kind of point, um, which I think Patrick, you kind of touched on was, is how hard is it, how hard is it for you to express yourself as a man emotionally and do you think the traditional ideas of masculine, masculine, masculinity mm. negatively impact your mental health? I.e., you know, the old men are strong, they don't cry, um, they don't express how they feel. How, does that, how hard is it for you now? Uh, and you can talk about when you were younger as well to express yourself. Yeah, um, it's, 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 it's been a journey in being open as well. Um, what's helped me along my, my way in being expressive and open and sharing is, is the type of work I've done most of my life. I've always been, mm -hmm. I would say, a community worker. I've always worked with um, people. And that includes working in retail, youth service, doing sports and so forth. And I, I, I was doing this from when I was a teenager. And it, it was um, something where other people saw something in me where they literally said, boy, you can't chat enough. You know, <laughs> but it's it's about it's, it's it's learning to chat sense. But the key thing I recall, I remember growing up, I used to do a lot more listening. I, I was fairly quiet. A lot of people would say well, I, I'm quiet, but 
when I when I get into a conversation about a topic which I'm passionate about, I, I'll talk. You know, so yeah, it, it is a case of um that confidence where as you get older as well, you, you would talk and share things. But again, it's who you want to share it with because you have to understand that mm-hmm. it's not everybody you talk to have your interests at heart. Some people mm. will take what you say and use it to their advantage, you know, and th- they will play and manipulate. So it's understanding and knowing who you're talking to as well. And as that person I'm sharing, there's a very personal issue with um, if they got my interests at heart. And um, being described as back in the day, the terminology people say, they would say, yeah, in mad. Yeah, and that's just a short abbreviation, just say, yeah, he's mad to, to define, oh, he's got personal mental health issues or things are going on for him, which is quite challenging. But what what you've had to also do as well is is actually, I keep reverting back to reflecting on yourself. And yeah. if, if you do have siblings around you, they tend to be the ones who sometimes see things as well. And they'll come to sometimes talk to you and you can just, dismiss them straight away but yeah. it's weird from from your siblings you um you have one and two friends who you classify as your brother or your sister who you you start to share things with but you would always know as men that it's, it's girls are always talking and sharing things and we would just be we, we'd be tough we just go out kickball go adventure playground as children out and about partying raving and doing things but not sometimes addressing our issues and it's only sometimes mm-hmm. at that crisis point we will actually start to address it and sometimes it might be a friend of yours who sometimes see a little weakness in your in you and it's not say a weakness but they'll see that there's some deficiency or something going mm. on and that, that, that's a prompt that's a prompt to share yeah and I'm guessing, like, as well, um, you and Dad's era was very different to the era that we're now living in, where it's it's become quiet. I think it's become... Mental health is really is spoken about vocally everywhere now. Whereas when you um, you guys were growing up, I'm guessing it wasn't as out there. Yeah. Now it is now, how it is now. No, it wasn't. You're very right. It wasn't. I, I don't ever recall having conversations or speaking to people and and people saying, you know, look, mental health is just as important as your physical health or, you know, mental health today, you might have a a slight ache in your arm and mental health is just the same. You might wake up this morning and not feel great. Mm. You know, there's varying degrees. I don't ever, as a young man, ever recall, no, it was like, and even family, what's wrong with your boy? Yeah, fix Fix yourself, get get up, get get low, you know? That's that's what we got. Like, don't be so wet. Come on, get yourself together. Pull yourself together. Yeah. Mm. There was no, there was no real understanding like that that I can recall mm. at that point. And even as young people, as adolescents growing up, no, we went we went to inner city schools in South London. We went to there was no room for that. Our bedrooms ain't trying to hear. Yeah, what you're not feeling well today? <laughs> They're not trying to hear. None of that mm. when we were kids growing up. So I don't know if it's now. I, I don't know now if the, the younger the youth now have got that. Are there 
are their peers? I don't know. What would you call it? Peer? Are they a bit more? I think they're a bit more tuned open. into those things. Yeah. A bit more open. I think. Yeah. We, I think th- we didn't have that. I think. Yeah, which is interesting. Mm. Which is interesting because I feel like um, when I was when we were speaking in um, previous episodes, everyone was kind of talking about, and we're kind of I'm going to go into this a bit more later on, but the generations and how because of the different experiences that you um, you would have felt growing up to how we would have felt to how your parents would have felt. Mm. Obviously, um, your obviously your parents were immigrants so they had came they had come over to England and was building a life for themselves over here and everything mm-hmm. was just so different compared to what it is now for us and how we are so open like how you how you were saying dad that you can't your um friends would be like oh you're not feeling well okay then and just would have laughed it off whereas now I think a lot of guy groups are very a bit more maybe not I think men still have that's that situation where they feel like they can't be open just because I think it's a community thing it's not, it's not, it's still not, it's encouraged a lot more now, but I still think some men are still very much like, I'm not emotional, I'm not trying, I don't want to speak out because that's not what, what men do. So I think it's yeah. still trying to break. I think balance. a lot of our generation are like, a lot of our generation are probably, or were, and again, it's like Patrick said, it's about knowing yourself. But if I think back at it, in hindsight, a lot of us probably were kind of emotionally retarded because that's <laughs> not that's not how we were that's not how we were grown up. Huh? We wouldn't we, we were not raised. I don't think so. You know, to, to confide confide in our peers or I, I think you know, not. And whatever trouble we had. Yeah. No, I, I was just about to interject there and support what you're saying. And the, one one of the things, as you're saying, growing up, given the generational. And as um, Rihanna said, our, our parents came over and they didn't have the time which we, I can say, we as parents have for our children, you know? That's and, true. That's and, all and, true. And, yeah. and the, the communication time. I mean, the bottom line is back yeah. growing up, um, you're just about probably have a phone in your house, you know? You, yeah, you, yes. You, you worked yeah. to specific times. If it's six o'clock, you're supposed to be somewhere you were on point for that time because you know yeah, yeah. you had to sit down and meet with mommy and daddy and you you do things on time mm. now i know they have the mm. of so many different um communication tools such as what we're using today so to, mm. to catch up and discuss things there's a lot more options and opportunities now but also i yeah. also acknowledge Probably. as an elder or a bigger big person mm. that um mm. technology brings a lot of stresses as well it brings a lot yeah, of stresses yeah, and that, that that's another thing for for young people young people nowadays they got additional issues which can create and cause mental health because mm. there's different expectations mm. but for us um th- there were times where we would actually even if we didn't realize it or acknowledge it we would sometimes share something that's going on with one or one, one or two of our friends because it it was such a major impact you know or You'd have friends who you see them all of a sudden you see them start smoking or you see them drinking a bit mm-hmm. and they distance themselves. Because I, I can reflect on um friends of mine um under the age of 21 at the time taking their own life due to mental health and stresses, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and it, right. it, it, it was a sad, sad experience, sad experience in understanding what's what's going on. You know, one minute you see someone fine kicking football, 
up and down with you, and next minute you you see a decline in in them on a day to day basis, you know, and then you see the moods changing. One minute they're out and about a few, then they're in the house for five, six months. Then you see them out again. And then next minute, boom, you hear that, mm. they're gone. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually, that in itself has also allowed me to um, show an interest and learn a bit more about um, the, the emotional side of things, the mental health, what can put someone over, mm. what can push you over. The, the level of support and uh, as you were saying there Mark there are times where as ever the elders everybody said listen fix up what are you doing but mm, sometimes yeah. there's always some there's always one person who you talk to and you don't even realize you're talking to them or they're talking to you because they can see something in you where you can offer that support it, it can just be one thing even <coughs> for them to come in your house and sit down and you and them eat dinner together that itself has helped people just someone being yeah. there or just them just coming in your house and sit down even if you don't say two words you're right brother and they you they just say yeah and that in itself it's not always about the long the long talk Mm-mm. it's not always about the long talk what helped to support someone i agree and if you would a lot of um mental health professional staff would say exactly it's about your support system it's about just being there for that person, even if you don't necessarily have to talk about something, um, maybe that's in depth or quite intense at that time, but just being there for someone, so something as simple as dinner, and just having a generic mm-hmm. conversation about something that's got nothing to do with how they're feeling at the moment can actually make somebody feel a lot more better mm-hmm. than making it very intense. So you're right, um, that is a big, big thing. So kind of going on to my leading on to my next question, you guys kind of um touched on it, and um, it's about. So when you was growing up, do you think growing up within a black household cemented your beliefs on mental health? I.e., do you think positive mental health was encouraged? And was you encouraged to talk to your parents if you felt um, low? I think you kind of touched on it a bit earlier, but... Yeah. Well, for me, I I can't remember being encouraged to to talk about if you're feeling low, if you're feeling stressed, or if there was things happening that you didn't really understand. Looking back on it now as a grown man, I can see things thinking, right, you know what? That was a point of extreme, extreme, like, low point. Why was I behaving like that? Why was I doing that? And thinking back on it now, I can say, right, yeah, that was because this was happening. I was not feeling 100% in my mental health. And... There was nowhere to go. There was no channel for it. Think, thinking back personally, I can say, yeah, there probably was lots of points where, you know, if I'd had, had a channel or an outlet that, well, actually, we can help you with this. But I don't think there was people around that you could, I could have probably spoken to. But again, I think you're right in terms of that wasn't the way we were raised. Um and there was a little bit, you know, you, you didn't want to admit, uh, yeah, I'm feeling vulnerable. I, I think there's a lot of that, yeah. you know? That's still ongoing now, brother. Even even as us as big men. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think a bit I think it's a little bit I think it's a little bit easier now because like you said, we wouldn't necessarily just tell anybody, but I think we would have a you know, there's a network around us now where we could confide in someone and say, look, this I am feeling 
a little bit low. I do feel vulnerable. I do feel like, you know, my headspace isn't great. I, I, at this stage now, feel like I could do mm. that. Yeah. So you feel like you could yeah. go to your parents but, but, now and say, and express how you feel? My, yeah, I would, I'm, I'm not saying I could go to my parents, but I probably could. Yeah, I'm not sure if my parents would, would, would I, would I mm. want to do that? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. I, I'd more seek one of my peers, or even now, if I'm honest, I'm I'm far enough along in my journey to know I feel no shame to say I'm going to therapy. I need Ooh, some professional help. If that's I need my next it. question. But okay, carry on. Yeah. yeah. You know, because we have to be honest with our... That's the one thing I learned. You know, it's no good pretending. You have to be honest 100%. with yourself. And when you reach a point, when you reach a point and you think, you know what, I have to be saying that I need this help. I want to speak to someone. And even if I can't speak to someone around me, like I said, I, I'm, I've got enough sense and knowledge now to know where I can find a, a, a mental health professional. If, if I need a therapist, I'll go and get one with, with no fear or shame or reservation mm. now. That's funny as well that you said uh, about going to talk to a parent because I know that if that was me, you would highly encourage me to come and talk to you yeah. if I felt low. But the fact that you wouldn't necessarily go and talk to your parents about if you were feeling low is actually really interesting no. just because it just shows the different generational yeah, yeah. i mean um, i believe so i mean there's two things right so i encourage my children to make sure to try and be transparent talk to me you know I always say I'm never going to be judgmental. I think our parents were really <laughs> judgmental. Maybe it's me. But I, I always felt that I was being judged of something. Whereas, you know, I try to say to you guys, look, okay, it, it's either a lesson that we can learn from it, but not to judge. So, yeah, I think, and I think oh. it's very different. You know, us being first generation British born in England, I don't know about yeah. you, Pete, but you came over young, but I think we did get a different, just got a different I, I think what, another, another twist to it as well, Mark, is, is also, um, I mentioned it earlier about having siblings and um, I, I had older mm. brother and sisters and they, they were yeah. a buffer between me and the parents because our, our parents, older generation, yeah. they, they're just short and sharp. They're mm. proper old school. They, they, they yeah. got no time to, um, no, as I said earlier, no long talk. It's, mm. what, what's the matter? Let's just deal with this mm, and then move mm. on. Now, if if you if mm. you're fortunate enough to have an elder brother or sister, and you get unwell, because there's always a guarantee that that ain't too great as well. But if you're able to just give them little snippets, or sometimes they can see things. That's that's another buffer where you can share things, and, and it really helps. It yeah. from from my personal experience. Having, having the elders, elder siblings around me was helpful. And I also had um, cousins as mm. well. So sometimes you, yeah. you you look around you, you know, you look around you with regards to um, who can I really confide in because you want to keep it as close. If something's going on, you, you, don't, you don't want to go out there because as I said earlier, it's not everybody's got your best interests um, at, at heart. But even at this stage now, if something's going on, I wouldn't want to, I'd say, bother, bother my mother or my father or bother them. 
And I just that's just my term. No, exactly. I, I think sometimes there's, mm. there's so much have gone on for them and uh, you don't want to sometimes add add things to them. You might mm-hmm. you might give them a little yeah. snippet, a small bite size as to how you might be feeling, or sometimes they can see it. Because uh, trust me, our parents, yeah, they're able to see they, they know us more than we sometimes realize or think. Yeah. So 100%. you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's acknowledging that as well. But it's it's also that that level of respect as well, and it's one of the things which we continue doing. It doesn't matter how old we are, it's about also respecting our elders and our youngers as well, like yourself, Rihanna. It's not about age; mm-hmm. it's about that level of respect and seeing someone for who they are. Because for us, we don't we don't stop learning, yeah, and we always learn. And I always like to use the analogy of I've got an L plate on my chest. It might be green, it's not red, it's green, but I'm still learning. And we, uh, as the oldest, still have have a lot to learn from you younger guys as well. Yeah. You know? And some of that is the art of communicating. Mm -hmm. 100%. I agree. Yeah. 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 Communication, you guys do seem, I mean, even the fact that all right, the technology wasn't there for us, but the fact that you're even just saying, look, we need to, to talk, we need to open up, we need to communicate in this in this mechanism we're here mm-hmm. now. Very Perfect. good. Very okay, good. so kind of moving on to my next point, Dad, you already kind of touched on it, um, but what do you think about seeing a therapist okay. and would you see one if you needed to talk? Oh, well, I think I've said, if I thought that I was in a... You know, not in a position where, oh, my God, they're going to section me because that's too late then. But I'm saying if I think, you know what, I think that I really need to get some things off my chest. I don't particularly feel like sharing them with someone close. I, I want to speak to a professional who's completely mm-hmm. unbiased, completely yep. objective, and I'm going to feel better after having the talk. Then absolutely, I would do it. I now do not see any shame or okay i go to the gym and train my arms with weights so why would i not train my brain yeah i don't know if it helps if i'm using you know if i'm feeling heavy let me go and offload and speak to someone if it costs me 20 pound for the session well it's a 20 pound well spent if i feel better afterwards (laughs) i don't know how much it costs 20 pound that's for sure (laughs) Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, and in in agreement there, Mark. Okay. Um, it's it's something where you're, I just saying, you're paying to go to the gym to lift up your weights and do a bit of jogging on the treadmill and so forth. And your mentality, um, is vitally important as well. It is about trying to keep your everything fit. And the words you use of offloading. It's 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 important because yeah. it's about you. You're a sponge. You you absorb so much, and sometimes you don't realize. And sometimes in the jobs we do as well, we take on so much, and there's day to day stresses. Mm. And for some type, of, for some professions, yeah. they also the, part of the job is also having a therapist because you need to offload. And mm-hmm. to be honest, at this time, yeah. I would recommend it that um, it's one of the things which is included in some some levels of employment because there are stresses out there. On a day-to-day yeah. basis, yeah. we're taking on board so much. Things we don't even sometimes acknowledge until it can be too late. And being going to your GP yeah. and then being signed off for, being, for stress-related or anxiety, or even sometimes people get depressed as well. But it's also 
being able to see the signs before you, you, you get there and you know and yeah. therapy is is a way forward but it, it's do, it doesn't always have to be input from psychologists you know or psychotherapists it, it can it mm. can just start off just by again talking to someone you know on a day-to-day basis just being able to see things for yourself and understand yourself and I think the key thing is as Mark you mentioned earlier is about being honest to yourself and we're we're at a stage yes, in our life where so. one person we can't fool is ourselves. We can disguise it as much as we want, um, pretend everything is kushti. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh, hello. Yeah. Um. Yes. Therapist. No problem. I, I I would I would recommend it. And as I said earlier, in in the in the line of work I've done for most of my life, it's I've seen it done a lot for a lot of people be be it young or older it's, it's it's good i've seen people feel refreshed you know like it's like they've just gone swimming and come back yeah i see the and change really you can see the change in them well mm. now a lot of um i know a lot of um, my generation um has spoken up about that they're going to see therapists they're really taking a, mm. a really good in- interest into their mental health just because Especially I feel like as black people right now in this current time where there's just so much things going on as a people, I think a lot of people have also, I, I saw something that, um, I saw statistics the other day actually that said that, that therapists, people going to therapists have increased a lot during obviously the pandemic. Um, yeah. Just because people need an outlet. They need someone external to talk to. Yeah. And I think it should be available to everybody. Um, mm. personally I think everyone should if they ever need to should always go and seek a therapist especially because they like dad said they give it's very objective and it's unbiased and they don't know you um, yeah. they don't know your journey and they don't know they don't have yeah. like, time to judge not that any therapist should judge but or nobody, mm. in, or nobody in your immediate circle should judge but obviously as human beings naturally sometimes we do come across judgmental whether it's purposely or not um, so for, seeking a therapist I think is always such a important thing to do and I would encourage everybody and anybody to do that um, in my opinion um, so Good. next kind of, kind of coming to a close um, is being a dad <laughs> so the pressures of being a dad and how that's affected your mental health <laughs> wow big question that one I know I love it <laughs> yeah. mm. big one Big one. Okay. Um, I don't know. Well, for me, I suppose it's about, well, first things first. There's no blueprint. There's no book. There's no nothing that teaches you how to be a dad. So the, the pressures that you find, I think, I'm just speaking from my experience, the pressures I found were the ones I really put on myself because, you know, it was so important to me to make sure okay, these children have got what they require. I'm not just materially, but also support-wise mentally. And I found, you know, the first thing I realised was if I'm not, you know, uh, and I've got enough about me to be able to offer any advice if it's needed, so I need to make sure I'm in a good place first. And then maybe I can help you guys. And that's that's where the pressure is. So the, the pressure for me is making sure I put myself in a good place so I'm able to help you guys. And I'm not talking about my money either. <laughs> I'm talking about just, you know, 
making sure that where if you guys need help or you want to speak to me, I'm able to offer some objective, I think, non-judgmental. And I'm not saying I'm giving guidance or advice. I don't think I'm qualified for that. But I can certainly listen. And I can certainly give you the benefit of my experience. And one thing I've learned is, you know, the longer your hair, the more you see, the more you actually know. That's a fact. Yeah. What do you um, think, Pete? I think, again, being a dad, it, it stems from when from when the child is young as well. It, it, it starts from the, the building a relationship, mm. just doing silly things off ramping and playing with that child and the, the, the building of that trust yeah. and your, your child feeling safe with you as well, yeah. you know? And um, that, that's, yeah. so, that's so important. And again, being a dad is also being open and alert and willing to say, boy, I've made mistakes. Exactly. Don't you don't. You don't yeah, know. You, you should be allowed. You should be allowed yeah. to get it wrong. It's, it's life. Everybody. No, there's no. None yeah. of us are perfect. You know. And there are times when things can Absolutely. deteriorate. But the opportunity to to always rebuild and sit down and discuss as well should, should always be there. And as you get older, your, your children get older. So the opportunity to discuss is. It should be there again, and you can talk on a fair. I wouldn't say on a peer level because you'll always be the father, but the level to show that you have some level of understanding yeah. as to how that child may be feeling or may have felt. Because as as they get older as well, mm. they also become. I'd say I'd use. I don't use the term braver, but more. Yeah, we do. I think understanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you know, you, you, you're willing to. Yeah. As you're older, you're certain things. I think, well, me being 27 and having certain conversations with my dad, I think I would, I definitely wouldn't be having them when I was 15. But I think now that I'm 27, I feel like I'm at a place no. where I can now express how I feel, whether it be if I'm in anger towards him or in anger towards something else. I think you're right. Patrick, we do get a bit more brave in the same things mm. yeah. than when you're younger. <laughs> but, but again, it's, it's that understanding and knowing each other and it's about continuous that level of respect because I, I've found that if it's, it's the art of willing to listen as well as that, as that parent because mm. that child could have had something going on in their head for the last three, five, seven, ten years. Mm. And now it's a time for them to share and express it. And it's about how we respond to it as well, you know, and, and reflect back as to how it was for us when we were children. Because in talking about the generational difference, how we would interact with our children, it's not the same how our, our, our parents interact with us. It's, it's, it's to totally, totally different. So yeah, it's, it's understanding that it's different times. It's understanding that you as young people, um, a lot of things are much harder for yourselves. I mean, the fact of even being able to get a job when, when we were younger, it's good to have qualifications, but it was not always a necessity. Now, um, the, the most, whatever job it is, you need a certificate, you need a paper doesn't matter mm -hmm. what it is you need to show a bit of paper that you can do it when we were growing up we were sometimes given the opportunity of not having a paper so we, we understand the um the pressures which a lot of young people face and it's about wanting to work with you wanting to support you 
show a level of understanding, but not ever losing sight that it still will always be a parent-child relationship and don't want it to be friend and friend. Because a lot of times people may disagree with me. A lot of time I hear people saying, yeah, my mom is my best friend or my dad's my best friend or, or the father saying, yeah, my son and so is best friend. It's, it's vitally important to have that parent-child relationship and it can be brilliant. But don't forget, you both got two significant different roles. Mm, I agree. And I like the fact that you brought up um, the generational, like trying to stop, we call it generational curses like um but they're not necessarily because but it is like a generational curse mm. how no, your parents yeah. will then treat you how their parents treated them which wouldn't have been the best but because that's all they know and they see they then project it onto you as kids and then that then your kids will then project it onto their own kids and it just goes on and on and on and on and on and it's just a cycle that doesn't get broken and i think mm. and i think it's really important that trying yeah, to break right. that cycle because for example, if you have, for example, in terms of me mm. growing up as a child, um, as I was saying, I always felt comfortable to talk to my parents. I didn't never feel uncomfortable um, ever to express how I felt, if I felt low, if I felt moody. I never felt uncomfortable. It was interesting when dad obviously said how he wouldn't necessarily go to his parents and say certain things because of that is how he was raised. But it's mm. so that obviously in our house, in our house, in my household, I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like I couldn't go and speak to my mum or my dad. I felt it was very open. So it was just important to try and break that cycle <laughs> because it's otherwise you're going to have kids that are genuinely going to be growing up in a household that you was growing up in and you didn't like it. So why would you want your kids to go through that if you didn't like that household? Um, yeah, no, that's a valid point. But sometimes, you know, it's, it's saying it's really easy, but doing it, if I mean, if you've got a, a behaviour, a learned behaviour, and you continue, you know, to, to use that learned behaviour to, to, to parent your children. Sometimes I think, like, it's not that simple to just put it down. I think I was really lucky because you were a good child <laughs> for the most part and also gave me, yeah, you were, <laughs> and, and gave me, it also gave me opportunity. Like, when I was able to be at home with you for some days when you were small, it gave me opportunity to also, like, practice some of those skills um but i think i think you're right it's they should we should be trying to like okay we're not going to carry on those you know that parenting skills that we were taught or those those things that were normal for us yeah but you know but mark i think we sit we as as men we we actually we we talk a lot more about parenting mm. as well. We share sometimes. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry, we, okay. we we share the difficulties we we experience at times with each other and the help and support we might need. And sometimes it's, it might be a conversation for two minutes, which will just give us a different mindset, a different thought process as to how we can do something slightly different. Because as you've mentioned. Um, books and textbook about being a parent it's that's not what it's about sometimes it's about just getting that advice for someone and telling you say brother just just try this just try this approach you know and sometimes it's it's a pressure for you yeah. as that parent to even say how am I going to approach this how am I going to deal with this because 
don't forget you've been down that road where you've had to attend your child's school you've had to deal with other professionals and they're mm-hmm. going to be judgmental on you and that in itself can bring you as a parent a bit of anxiety thinking am i going to handle this right my child's just been excluded next minute they're going to do is permanent exclusion so mm. how am i going to deal with this you know so you're always sometimes preparing yourself that can bring on anxiety and sometimes it can go pear shape and turn out bad for your child due to how you deal with things. So there's so much as a parent and as a black person as well, because you can be passionate. You know that as a as a black man, that you could be quite passionate and talking about something. Your voice might be slightly raised and next minute, oh, aggressive. You're aggressive. <laughs> you're aggressive. Literally. Yeah. So that's a not, that's a, you, you, yeah. you're labelled. Yeah. And that's another stigma you have to deal with. And then you can be, you're there talking in a professional manner and next minute you're you're very passive and you're, you're easily, next thing that people think they can take a liberty with you, they can abuse you, you know. So it's, it's that balance as well uh, as black men where we have to always be thinking three steps ahead. Mm. We always have to have that thought process of dealing with so many different things around us. And yeah, there's there's no book yet written to say this is how to do it. Yeah. Especially, no. It's really interesting yet. as well. <laughs> no, yeah. Maybe we can see, maybe we can do we that. Can give it a go. A a it's really interesting as well because um obviously everyone always concentrates on fatherhood <laughs> and mental health. But I think fatherhood and mental health is also an important um topic because obviously dads are dads. They're parents they become parents as well, just when the mum becomes um a parent but I think it's also really important because obviously a lot of fathers talk about their mental health and say that having a child does affect your mental health just because you now have to worry about you as well as your child and making sure your child has the foundations for life yeah you know, so mm-hmm. you know life isn't is hard sometimes it is hard life isn't easy all the time and just instilling making sure that you instill those values that you want to instill yeah. into your children and I guess that does play an effect on um, men's mental health as well so it's really interesting well that kind of brings me to a conclusion so thank you so much um everything that you said pleasure Pleasure. not not a problem glad glad to be a part of this this um this topic as well and vitally important and it gives us a chance today even just going through this discussion today have given me a chance to reflect back on some some aspects of life's journey in itself and also count myself fairly fortunate in the people I've had around me, um, the level yeah. of support I've had and getting to know myself and just continuing yeah. being open and lovely speaking to yourself as well who've um, set up this podcast because it's also about sharing with others the experience of what some of us have gone through and what we know you know it's just knowing that no one is an island as i say no one is in isolation there's a lot of people going through their traumas um needing that support but mm-hmm. support is out there you know and as i say don't suffer in silence oh i agree i second that 125 percent. do not suffer in silence what a lovely note to end on <laughs> <laughs>